SEP Fanfic Readings presents A Thousand Words by Olive Juice 28 Chapter 13 The Games We Play Hermione had been pleased to notice that the beginning of term had passed without any major issues and a general feeling of amicability between everyone in the eighth-year house. She had noticed, however, that even though they sat wherever an empty seat existed for meals and worked companionably on essays and projects, that free time typically found her fellow eighth-years somewhat divided. Padma and Daphne had definitely hit it off, which was wonderful, and Hannah was often with either or both of them. Anthony was usually with Neville or Dean, who gravitated towards each other. Luna was, well, Luna, and Draco and Theo could usually be found sharing one of the small round tables playing chess or sitting in chairs by the fire reading. There was nothing wrong with this particular pattern, per se, but she longed to see stronger connection amongst the group as a whole. After contemplating this for almost a week, she went to Dean to see if her friend could help her come up with a way to change it. Her fellow former Gryffindor was always up for games, but his enthusiasm and propensity to laugh were contagious. It was virtually impossible to feel left out or awkward around him, and she knew he would be more than happy to take the lead for any type of fun. They decided to expose their eclectic group of housemates to muggle forms of entertainment— Dean and Hermione were the only two who had been raised in non-magical homes, which might have been a disadvantage when it came to their knowledge of the wizarding world, but it gave them an upper hand when it came to games and movies. The start of this endeavor took place on the first Saturday of October, when they called a meeting in the common room shortly after their dinner. Once everyone had gathered, Dean moved to stand in front of the fireplace. Right, he began, grinning at everyone. Hermione and I thought it would be fun to introduce you lot to some of the best games on the planet. He gestured to Hermione who had been holding something behind her back. She promptly brought the box around in front of her and held it up so everyone could see the lid. Pictionary! exclaimed Dean. As expected, eight pairs of eyes looked between him and Hermione and the box with quizzical interest. He launched into an explanation of the game, which didn't take long since it's pretty straightforward, and asked if anyone had any questions. No one seemed to, although several brows were furrowed and Hermione saw Draco whisper something to Theo that he chuckled at. Dean then proceeded to reach into his pocket and pulled out a small drawstring pouch. There are ten marbles in this bag. Five gold, five silver. Those will determine which team you're on. He then began walking around the group, letting each person reach in and grab a marble. No trading, warned Dean as he saw a disappointed look flash across Padma's face when she saw Daphne had a gold marble to her silver one. Padma rolled her eyes but didn't protest and perked up slightly when she saw that Anthony had pulled a silver one too. Hermione reached in and grabbed one of the last two marbles in the bag, a gold one, putting her on a team with Hannah, Neville, Daphne, and Draco. The silver team consisted of Dean, Padma, Anthony, Theo, and Luna. Since this was a muggle game, Dean had insisted that absolutely no magic be used while playing. He had set up a large easel and a giant pad of white paper leaning on it. A pack of thick, colorful markers sat on the coffee table along with a little plastic timer and the game board with two pieces, one for each team. The only exception Dean had made about the magic was the stack of cards they would choose to from to draw. Most of the cards named magical things, creatures, plants, spells, but one category was muggle items, which he insisted were well known enough that everyone in the room should have at least heard of them, so Hermione had agreed to add them in. Once it was all set up, they flipped a coin to see who would go first. The silver team won. Dean strolled up to the drawing pad, Daphne flipped over the timer, yelled, Go! And the fun began. Two hours later, the noise level in the common room was reaching can't-hear-myself-think, but everyone was laughing too hard and having too much fun to care. The first drawing pad had long been used up and tossed into the fire. 
Plates of half-eaten biscuits, candy wrappers, and bottles of pumpkin juice were strewn everywhere. Two markers had lost their caps, and a third one had gone missing entirely. Neville was sporting a crooked purple mustache, his parchment for not being able to draw an identifiable thestral, and Luna had collected all of the marbles and was currently challenging Theo to see who could pick up the most with their toes while the gold team was drawing again. They were almost to the end of the game, the two game pieces sitting side by side on the final square of the board. It was Hermione's turn, and if they got this right, they would win. She grabbed a card on the way to her easel. Gamp's Law of Elemental Transfiguration. Hermione stared at the card. How on earth was she supposed to draw that? It wasn't even a thing. It was a theory. She didn't remember seeing this in the stack when they were getting the game ready. She was going to hex Dean. Ready? asked Dean, holding the timer in his hand. She scowled at him. This is ridiculous. Dean just chortled and waved his hand towards the paper, indicating she should get on with it. Hermione huffed a breath and turned to look at her team with an apologetic glance. Fine. Go. She stared at the paper for a second, then began to draw. First, she drew a hand holding a wand. Magic! Neville yelled. Draco slapped him lightly on the back of the head, laughing. Spells! Casting! Charms! Hannah rattled off. Swish and flick! hollered Daphne. And they all started laughing again. The silver team, as expected, was yelling out random things to distract their opponents. Butterbeer! cried Anthony. Nargles! sang Luna, which had been her contribution every time a gold team member was at the easel. Snape in the shower! Theo roared, which sent everyone into fits of raucous laughter. Hermione smiled to herself as she continued to draw, adding a few question marks next to the wand. It seemed everyone was having a good time, which she was very happy about, despite the seemingly impossible challenge before her. Disillusionment charm? Hannah asked. Hang on, said Draco. There's more. Hermione then added several X marks next to the question marks. She started to draw random food items. First a chicken leg, which she then drew another X through. She did the same with a piece of bread, an apple, and an ice cream cone. Her team had fallen silent as they studied the image. "'It's something you can't do, isn't it?' asked Draco. She turned to face him with a wide grin. The person drawing wasn't allowed to talk unless the correct answer was given, but he knew he was on the right track. She turned back and continued to draw food items and was crossing them out. "'What can't you use magic for?' questioned Neville. "'Bringing people back from the dead?' suggested Daphne. "'This is food-related, though,' said Hannah thoughtfully. Draco continued to watch Hermione, feeling like he knew where she was going with this, but unable to bring the words to the front of his mind. Her lower lip was caught between her teeth, which was a sure sign that she was concentrating furiously. She then started drawing arching arrows between the food and the wand, again making X marks along the way. "'You can't summon it!' Draco suddenly exclaimed, earning him another beaming smile from her. "'Wait! It's a theory! It's a rule about not being able to summon or conjure things!' He trailed off, unable to think of the actual terminology. "'Oh, oh, I know this!' squealed Hannah, bouncing in her seat. Neville and Daphne still looked completely bewildered. Ten, nine. Dean began the nerve-wracking countdown. "'Shh!' Draco was on his feet, trying very hard to reach into the foggy corner of his brain where he knew the answer lay. Seven, six. Now all the Silver Team members were chanting. "'It's someone's law!' added Hannah in an excited whisper. Four, three. The silver team was standing up and getting louder. Hermione was now just making X marks all over the entire page because she couldn't come up with anything else to do. Gamslaw of Elemental Transfiguration! 
Draco bellowed, punching both his fists into the air, looking at her for confirmation. Yes! Hermione shrieked in amazement, jumping up and down in shock and elation, her own hands in the air. Forgetting where he was and that he simply didn't do things like this, Draco took two long strides over to her, wrapped his arms around her waist and lifted her up in a celebratory hug. The rest of the gold team converged on them in a crazy, loud, fumbling embrace in which Daphne got squished and Hermione got elbowed in the eye, but they were all too jubilant to care. The silver team flopped back onto their couch and chairs, groaning in good-natured loss. "'We should have won,' grumbled Theo. "'We might have if your aeroplane didn't look like a dying pigeon,' teased Padma. "'Not my fault,' argued Theo. "'I've never even seen one in real life.' "'Then what's your excuse for the hippogriff you drew?' challenged Anthony. "'Looked like a snake with feather dusters stuck to it.' Theo stuck his tongue out at Anthony, which caused all the silver team members to laugh, including the lanky brunette. "'So, what do we win?' Neville asked Dean as his teammates disentangled themselves. "'Well,' started Dean, glancing at Hermione to see if she wanted to explain this bit. She nodded, taking a small step away from her fellow victors, storing the thought of how nice it felt to be wrapped in Draco's arms in the back of her mind, and grinned at everyone." Well, Dean and I were thinking that if you all enjoyed this game, to which everyone in the room cheered and clapped loudly, Theo adding one of his famous wolf whistles, that we would make weekly game nights a thing and keep a running record of who wins. Everyone looked at each other and back to her with excited smiles on their faces. She waved her wand at the easel and a poster-sized piece of parchment appeared with a chart of some sort on it. At the top of the page in big red letters was the title, Game Night Scoreboard. All ten names were listed down the left-hand side, and there were roughly thirty columns lined out across the page. On the top of the first column, she wrote Pictionary in tiny letters, and then proceeded to put a one in the box in the column that corresponded with her teammates' names. Every time we play, the person or people who win will have their points added on here. At the end of the year, whoever has the most points will win something. She beamed at them, happy to see them all just as excited about this as she was. We haven't come up with a prize yet, added Dean, so if you've got any ideas, we'd love to hear them. Are there enough games to last all year? asked Anthony skeptically. Oh, yes, chuckled Hermione. Yeah, no worries there, mate, said Dean. I think it's a terrific idea, added Padma, who was searching under the couch for the missing marker caps. Accio marker caps, drawled Theo lazily, and two caps came zooming from under the couch cushions. Right then, said Dean, clapping his hands together. This concludes our first-ever eighth-year game night. I think we can all agree it was a success. Concurrence was heard from everyone as the housemates started to clean up the room and head off to bed, no one having realized just how late it really was. Hermione was tossing the last few crumpled pieces of paper into the fire when Dean came up beside her. I think that went really, really well, don't you? he asked. Yes, it went even better than I'd imagined. Everyone seemed to get into it and have a good time. "'Although I'm not sure I forgive you for that last card,' she glared at him in mock fury. "'Ah, well, you won anyway,' teased Dean cheerfully. "'What should we play next week?' "'Hmm,' pondered Hermione. "'I'm not sure. What do you think?' A devilish grin spread across Dean's face. "'How about Monopoly?' "'Oh, no, Dean,' gasped Hermione. "'They all got along so well tonight. I don't want to test them out with that game quite yet.' She shook her head and chuckled. Not sure these newly formed friendships could handle it. Ha! burst out Dean. You're probably right. Well, I'll think about it. You too, yeah? Definitely. Thanks again for helping me with this. No problem. It's a great idea, and I think it's important. I know everyone is probably tired of hearing about house unity, but it's the only way forward, really, you know? 
Yes, Hermione said thoughtfully. I agree. On that pensive note, they headed to their rooms, pleased with the night's events, and with Hermione recalling that rather enjoyable winning moment. Hermione and Ginny had a standing breakfast date every Friday morning in the Great Hall. They typically arrived as soon as the doors opened and stayed until they had to hurry to their first lessons of the day. This gave them a good two hours to catch up on all the goings-on in each other's lives over the past week. They sat on one of the tables tucked into a corner, allowing for the most amount of privacy. Between Ginny's head girl duties and Quidditch practice, both of their very full schedules of classes, and Hermione's meetings with her first years and game-planning sessions with Dean, they had quickly discovered that they didn't have much time to hang out since they no longer shared a common room. Ginny wasted no time in spilling the latest gossip as the two friends dug into large, fluffy waffles with a variety of toppings. "'Did you know that Cho has started seeing Cormac McLaggen?' "'You're joking!' scoffed Hermione in disbelief. "'She's got too much taste for that oaf!' "'Totally serious,' insisted Ginny. "'Katie told Ron that the two of them came into the cafe last week, and, "'and they were holding hands, and actually all flirty.' "'She pretended to gag over her plate while Hermione snorted. "'Well, she can have him. "'Maybe he's learned some manners in the past couple years.' "'She thought about Ginny's words a little more. "'Katie told Ron?' She let the question float out there, knowing her friend would grasp her meaning. Yeah, he sees her at least three times a week when he goes to get lunch for him and George. I think they're planning to meet up this weekend. She grimaced and looked apologetically at the curly-haired companion. It's fine, Jen, Hermione quickly put her at ease. Really, we parted on perfectly good terms and I knew it was only a matter of time. I'm happy for him, honest, she insisted when Jenny cocked an eyebrow at her. You're sure? Yes, positive. It never would have worked. Not after... everything. Jenny took a deep sigh and nodded. You're right. I just kind of hate it. I had envisioned a double wedding, you know? Hermione choked on her pumpkin juice. Wedding? she exclaimed. Well, you know. The redhead's cheeks were starting to match her hair. Eventually. Hmm. Yes, eventually, she retorted snarkily. Does Harry know of his impending eventually? Ginny turned her nose up and tried to act as if that question was beneath her, sniffing. "'Of course he does,' Hermione laughed. "'If he knows what's good for him, yeah?' Ginny grinned in response. The girls launched into descriptions of the past week, Hermione recounting a rather violent game night when Dean had introduced them all to a card game called Spoons and filled her in on the plans for the upcoming Halloween party. As Ginny was finishing her own animated retelling of a particularly awful Quidditch practice, she pinned her friend with a stern look. "'So—' How's Malfoy? Hermione choked again, this time on her mouth full of waffle with blueberries and syrup. What? she squeaked. Malfoy, Ginny pronounced his name slowly. The bloke you keep talking about? The tall, blonde, finally grew into his chin? Hermione swallowed with difficulty, refused to meet her friend's eyes, and started viciously cutting up her sausage. He's fine, I'm sure, as are all of the other members of my house. But Ginny cut her off. Oh, yes, and I'm sure you pay just as much attention to all of them as you do to him. Hermione finally looked up. What are you talking about? Of course I pay attention to all of them. Let's see, started Ginny. What have I learned in the past month about Malfoy? His favorite Quidditch team, his thoughts on Slughorn's lecture about Gorpalot's third law, how bad he is at drawing, how many pieces of toast he eats, what his favorite sweets are, and how he takes his porridge. She glared furiously at her now beet-faced friend. Hermione was gaping, slack-jawed. She didn't talk about him that much, did she? Before she could defend herself, Ginny continued in a tone dripping with sarcasm. So tell me, since you insist that you pay equal attention to all of your housemates, 
How does Hannah Abbott take her porridge? Hermione refused to even attempt to answer this, preferring to go back to stabbing at her waffle. How about Anthony Goldstein? What's his favorite Quidditch team? Again, Hermione ignored her. Ha! Ginny said triumphantly, pointing her fork, which was stacked with waffles, strawberries, and cream, directly at Hermione. You know I'm right. Admit it! With as much dignity as she could muster, Hermione raised her eyes to her insistent breakfast partner, stuck her own nose in the air, and shrugged. A split second later, the two girls dissolved into a fit of giggles. After much hiccuping and wiping of the eyes, they settled down enough to resume eating, and Hermione reluctantly admitted something. He's really changed, Jen. She swirled a forkful of waffle in her syrup. I find myself looking for him sometimes, and I enjoy his company. But we really are just friends. At this, Jenny made a sound of disbelief through her mouthful of bacon. No, truly, Hermione gazed at her imploringly. It's much too soon for me to even be considering anything else, with my parents, and just being back here, and even if I did, there's no reason for me to believe he'd return my feelings. He'd be a right tosser not to, her loyal friend exclaimed. Hermione grinned. Well, I'll let you know if he turns out to be the one, but please promise me that you won't say anything to Harry or Ron. There's nothing going on, and I don't want them to freak out. I know they don't hate Malfoy anymore, but I doubt it would go over well. Harry considers him a friend, you know, interjected Ginny. I know, sighed Hermione, and I know Malfoy feels the same, which still amazes me, but you know how Ron is. Too right, agreed Ginny. I promise. I won't say a word. They continued their breakfast, jumping around to random topics, and eventually agreeing to see each other over the following week. As Hermione made her way to her first class, she realized she felt relieved. It was nice to share her feelings about Malfoy, however undefined they might be, with someone else. It made her feel like maybe there was a possibility for things to become more. She shrugged to herself, smiling at the thought. 